Several years into my call to ministry, I realized that much of what I had been called to do was to correct a bad reputation about God. Even after several years, I saw a pattern in my pastoral counseling. And that pattern was people who had been burdened by preachers. Who had heavy burdens laid on them by preachers. By preachers who talked the talk but didn't walk the walk. And then I started discovering that talking the talk is quite aspirational in this message system. And that to walk this talk is pretty tough. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, I began to discover that I didn't walk the talk. And sometimes that laid a heavy burden on people. I was in a coffee shop in Fort Worth several years ago and I was visiting with a friend about Bread Fellowship and we were talking about the claim of Jesus on our lives. It's quite an audacious claim. And in that conversation, I talked about love and compassion, inclusiveness for all people, about God's project of love in the world, and about how we are called to accept all people across all of our differences and all of our distinctions of race and sexual orientation and class. And a young college student at TCU from a faraway place, not from the Deep South and from a different religious tradition, came up to me and said, excuse me, sir. As has already been said, my voice can be booming. <laughs> excuse me, sir. I can't help but hear that you say you are a Christian, but you sure don't sound like one. I've been listening to you talk about love and grace and forgiveness and inclusiveness. You sure don't sound like a Christian. And I said, young lady, please sit down and tell me more. And when she told her story, she was from a place that had a fundamentalist stranglehold on her neighborhood and her mother would not let her associate with Christian kids because her mother did not want her learning lessons of hate. Now let that sink in, y'all. You've been talking about being a Christian, but you sure don't sound like one because you're speaking words of love. That's the day God has put us in. We are in a day and a time when the church is not living up to its call to be people of love in the world. And you and I are out to change that bad reputation that has been given to God. And the preachers aren't going to change it. Now, like preachers, I am one. And they've held a lot of 
sway over me. And they've been mainly influences for good. I've been privileged to have good preachers in my life. But as I told my Bible study group on Thursday mornings, preachers do a lot of harm in the world. Think about it. Think about a lot of violence in places. Just think about the places torn asunder by violence right now. And think about the role that bad preachers are playing in those violent places. Are you with me? Jesus found himself in the company of bad preachers. They were preachers who were puffed up. And they liked that title and they liked that position and they liked that privilege. And Jesus came along to say, beware of preachers like that. Be on your guard about preachers like that. One of the things we do on All Saints Sunday is to transfer the power in the spiritual community from the preachers to you. You. We're in a big old project of divestiture. And this church has been at it for 65 years. Trying to correct this top-down hierarchy. And locating the power and the influence spiritually with you. And I want us to do a little exercise over the next minute or so as I talk. I want you to envision all of the people in the life of this church. We have named some important ones in this very service. All of the people who have advance the rule of God, the kingdom of God, through this particular fellowship, this square footage would not hold those people. They are here with us. Every bit as much as we are present physically, they are present spiritually, and that is what the communion of the saints is all about. And we've been fortunate, I think, to have good pastors in the life of this church. Every pastor that this church has had, and I've known them all, have been good pastors who have cooperated with you in diverting attention from themselves and locating the power, the decision-making ability, the influence with you. Every member a minister. This is what we say, isn't it? This is the DNA of this church. And one of the reasons we don't have the pulpit in the middle of this church as the focal point, we have the table as the focal point because there's room at this table for everybody. One of the reasons we don't have a pulpit at the center of the church is so that the preacher in a, at least a small way can identify with the congregation not having a physical barrier separating him or her from you. Now, I inherited that. And it took a pound of flesh out of me. <laughs> Holy cow. I get here in 1989 and they tell me now you, you can't have a pulpit. Well, where am I going to put my notes? Well, you're going to hide it in your heart. 
And you're going to step forward and you're going to share with us as one of us out of your heart. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And it took a lot of practice for me to do that. And I'm practicing to this very day. And that is a beautiful way. Somebody, Bob Powell, came through, my dear brother, came through the line after early service and said, you created a conversation with us this morning. I love that. I hope so. I hope we are in a living room together and that this, these several moments are dialogical and that you're thinking of a conversation with me about the immortal mystery of this text. I don't understand everything Jesus said. I don't understand everything Jesus did. But I know this, in order to be like Jesus, I've got to say the things that he said and I've got to do the things that he did. And if he didn't say it and if he didn't do it, I don't need to say it and do it either and think about all the preaching that is done by preachers in the world that are focused on things Jesus never addressed political issues and all kinds of social issues and all this red meat stuff and culture wars that Jesus never said a syllable about and that's why we have so many problems today and not if, but when the church gets turned on to the love of God in Jesus. A center of love, a community that has no circumference. That is when our hearts will be set on fire. Martin Luther King faced this problem in his church of his day. And you know enough about your American history to know that the civil rights movement came out of the church and came out of poor churches. But what King would do would go into communities and he'd round up the preachers and he no sooner got there when he realized that there was a pecking order in the preachers and preachers had egos. Newsflash, preachers had egos. And in order to blend all those preachers together and in order to get them to humble themselves, not to exalt themselves, but to humble themselves in the advance of God's justice, in the execution of God's justice, that was a challenge. And King had to preach over and over and over again. You want to be great? This is what he said in a sermon called the drum major instinct. That brilliant preacher took an image of a drum major, somebody stepping high, leading the parade. And he said in only the way that that creative homiletician could say, everybody wants to be a drum major. Everybody wants to lead the parade. It's human nature to want to lead the parade. Remember back in the 16th chapter of Matthew where Peter says, you know, who's going to sit at your right hand? Who's going to be greatest in the kingdom? You remember that? We have this whole series of stories in this Matthew cycle addressing itself to this strange new rule of God, a rule of love. And King had to preach, you want to be recognized, wonderful. You want to be great, wonderful. You remember that little cadence of that sermon. You want to be important, wonderful. Be servant of all. Everybody can serve. The only credential you need 
You don't need a big old phylactery on your head, which is just a Jewish box, a leather box that contained the word of God, the great Shema from Deuteronomy. You will love the Lord your God as one, and you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You don't need a big show. You don't need to be talking about Jesus all the time. You don't need to be banging a pulpit. You don't need to take the best seats of honor. You don't need that title. You don't need that position. You don't need everybody bowing and scraping to you in the marketplace. All you need is a heart full of grace, your only necessary credential. You know what's going to heal this church? I don't know beans when the sack's open, and I sure don't know how to solve our challenges, but I know this. Everybody taking off their bib and putting on an apron That's what's going to heal this church. For every, I've got an unsolicited piece of counsel. Most of my counsel is unsolicited. (laughs) For every suggestion or every criticism, and we need both, we match that with an act of service. If you have some input to make, good, wonderful, we need it. You match it with an act of service. You sign up to give yourself sacrificially for the sake of others. Which means I have to give something up in order to serve the communion of the saints, in order to have a beloved community, in order to transfer from my individual power to our collective family power and influence because I'm looking at the church. Saint just, it comes from the Greek word hagios, and it means the one who is dedicated. It means the one who is holy in the, not in any kind of purity sense, But holy as in whole, she has her act together. That's what a saint is. Every member a minister here. Now I've not known all the people who have built this fellowship over the past 65 years. I've known some of them. And I don't know most of you. One of the beautiful, here's another reason why I know this church is moving toward healing because I've been gone for 22 years and about half the people now, I don't know. Praise be to God. New people are coming into the life of this fellowship all the time and servant leadership with people that I don't know. And that is happening every day to this very day when that brilliant young therapist presented herself in early service and said, I want, I choose this family of faith. I choose. But there are two people that come to my mind today that I never met. One is Bob Hearn, the other is Roy Bass. I never met them. Bob was the founding pastor of this church. Most of you probably do not know who Bob was, but some of you do. And Bob came as a young preacher because that's the 
history of this church and so many of your pastoral calls. And he just colored outside the lines and he was so creative and he was so energetic. And he joined that clergy leader, joined this lay leader, Roy Bass. I I never had the privilege of meeting either. But both of them are here in this service right here, right now. And a whole bunch of others. And they're cheering us on. And they're holding us accountable. And they're lifting us up to the Lord. And they're praying for us. And all of these names and all of these candles and so many others who have paved the way, that's the communion of the saints. I wish we could all just list every single one of them. God knows who they are. Our temporal limitations prevent us from doing this, but our spiritual capacity sees them, doesn't it? And they're here. And they're with us. And it is for their sake. Not just for your sake. Not just for my sake. And not just for our sake. But for their sake also. That this church's greatest days are ahead. King was preaching to a group of poor people. And he said this. If you're a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo sculpted statues. Sweep streets like Raphael painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. And someday all the hosts of heaven and earth will say about you, There goes a great street sweeper. Nobody's large and in charge here. Nobody's important because of title here. Nobody has the seat of honor except Jesus. There is only one. And we are here to locate ourselves in that one. So that we can humble ourselves and be down to earth and join a great family and be part of a team ministry where every single person is special. That's the kind of church you want to be a part of. And even though they don't know it out there, That's the kind of church they want to be a part of too. So let's continue to build that church. Do I hear an amen? Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.